just want to say thank you for all the things that you have done, and hearts and lives, the blessings that you have given us. And Lord, even just allowing us to be here in church tonight, and uh, the building's warm, and we just thank and praise you for all the little things that we don't even think about, Lord. We thank you for keeping the boiler running, and Lord, just... Uh, giving us grace to be your servants in these last days. We thank you for the privilege of being able to bring our requests and see you answer them in special ways. And Lord, we just want to praise your name for being so good. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. This is, by my count, our 38th lesson in the book of Proverbs. And I am hoping that we can finish it in two more weeks. And uh, what that means is uh, just uh, picking up miscellaneous verses. Uh, tonight we will go through chapter 22. And uh, we will have covered every verse from chapter 22 and many from the rest of there. And then I believe next week we'll be able to pick up all the other verses. And then we'll leave uh, the crowning gem of the book of Proverbs, the... Uh, Virtuous Woman of Proverbs 31 for two weeks from now. But uh, let's just start in um, Proverbs chapter 16. And uh, we have covered uh, something about kings and royalty before, but just going to pick up a few verses and then um, a section in Proverbs 31. And let's go to Proverbs 16.5. It says, everyone... Um, wait a minute. In the light of the king's countenance is life. That's not Proverbs 16, 5. Um, oh, my, my references have gotten... Oh, it's 16, 15, sorry. There we go. In the light of the king's countenance is life, and his favor is as a cloud of the latter rain. And uh, when you have the king liking you, that's a good thing. That's basically what this verse says. Uh, if you have the light of the king's countenance, if he looks at you with a positive uh, way, uh, his favor is the cloud of the latter rain. Now, how many know what the latter rain was? Uh, in the land of Israel, they did not have a, uh, four seasons like we do. It was basically a uh, wet season, a dry season, but... In the land of Israel, at the end of the uh, drier season where the growing and things were going on, you would have the, what was called the latter rain. It was a, just a gentle sprinkle that would happen uh, on an almost daily basis. And what it would do was it would bring the crops to full growth and, and beauty. Without that latter rain, the crops just were... 30 or 40 percent of what they could be. And he says, listen, you have his favor. It's going to be a great, great blessing in your life. Now, does that mean when the king wants to do evil things, you do evil things and get his favor? No, I, I, we know the Bible doesn't teach that. But it does teach us to honor and to pray for and uh, when, when we can we need to understand that uh, the king has power to do things right and do things wrong. And there's applications in this 
Uh, not that your boss is the king. Some bosses think they are uh, as they walk down the hall and, and do all of these things. But the, the simple truth is, better be careful, is what it's telling us. Uh, let's go to Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 6. It says, Many will entreat the favor of the prince, and every man is a friend to him that giveth gifts. And uh, if we just uh, put this in its simplest thing, people try to entreat or or be kind or get the prince. And, And a prince is anyone that has lesser authority. I mean, we can... Uh, look at this in many ways, but if you want to be friendly, give people things. Uh, be a giving person, and uh, that's not necessarily a bad thing. And by the way, you don't have to be rich to be a giving person. Amen? Uh, there are many things that you can do, just, especially in this Uh, snow and ice on the road, stop, give somebody a hand. Uh, And uh, be as uh, giving as God allows you to. Uh, Just the next verse here, Proverbs 20 and verse 28. Mercy and truth preserve the king and his throne is upholden by mercy. Now, uh, just... What a beautiful verse there. If, if you want to know what preserves the authority, what is mercy? Mercy is given to the vanquished by the victor. When the king is in charge, uh, being merciful is a wonderful thing. But mercy has to be connected with truth. You'll, you'll see mercy and truth, grace and truth. Truth is one of those things that keeps in check. You know, because, I mean, we live in a day, um, uh, you know, I I think of the Vietnam War. Uh, Our president was so merciful, he lost the war. Uh, Giving every time they wanted to say, sit down to the peace table and talk about things. And it's interesting, people have been over there to the uh, museum in in the uh, uh, that they have about the Vietnam War, and it says plainly, "We lost the war. We were about to quit." And then we heard about the American peace process, and we had hope. I tell you, it's tragic. But mercy and truth are what preserve the king. And when the king departs from truth, uh, and and you can look at this. Some of you come from other countries where. Corruption is a huge part of government. And when you have that kind of government, I mean, not just to criticize, but why is not Mexico a world leader country? They hold some of the largest oil reserves in the free world, uh, probably on par with that in Saudi Arabia, but why doesn't it go anywhere? Why do you have drug cartels roaming the street and shooting people? We've even had missionaries murdered in Mexico. Uh, Why? Because of corruption in the government. There's no honest government there. And 
nor has there been since the days of Santa Anna. <laughs> and I mean, it just goes back in history, not trying to just rail on the Mexican people, no. But mercy and truth preserve the king. His throne is upholden by mercy. When you can take your enemies and make them your friends. The greatest example in modern history of true mercy was the United States and the country of Japan. Our greatest ally at the, uh, today in the East is the country of Japan. Why? Because they were defeated. They accepted mercy. And there's been more than one occasion their economics have almost outpaced ours. They, they learn better than we did. Um, this is what mercy is. And it's the one thing that, that we are missing today. Because what, what people want to do is they want to make friends out of their enemies while they're still their enemies. Can't do that. It's mercy and truth. And the mercy is what upholds the throne and the authority of the king. Let's go to Proverbs 31. We're going to look at the first nine verses here. And this is just a, uh, a um, speech to uh, Lemuel. And most people believe that Lemuel is actually speaking of Solomon here. It says, the words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother taught him. What, my son, and what the son of my womb, and what the son of my vows? Give not thy strength unto women, nor thy ways to that which destroyeth kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor princes strong drink, lest they drink and forget the law, and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. Give strong drink unto him that is ready to perish, and wine unto those that be of heavy hearts. Let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his misery no more. Open thy mouth for the dumb in the cause of all such as are appointed to destruction. Open thy mouth and judge righteously and plead the cause of the poor and needy. This is not a complicated passage. The, uh, he says, these are the words of the king. He said, it's the prophecy that his mother taught him and says, listen, don't give your strength, don't give the authority of your kingdom to women. And what that simply means is, don't go chasing women, don't put, make your life about women, and yet what did Solomon do? Exactly what the scripture said not to. As we go through the book of, of Ecclesiastes, we're going to find that Solomon did everything that he was told not to here in the book of Proverbs. It says, nor thy ways to that which destroyeth kings. Solomon knew above any man, he knew what built the king. Mercy. By the way, where does the king get mercy? From the king of kings and from the lord of lords. 
And as long as the king is serving the king of kings and the Lord of lords, as long as he is receiving mercy from the Lord, he will have mercy to give to his enemies. But you know, it takes a lot of patience to actually win and conclude a conflict. It's a whole lot easier to just sit down and say, Hey, uh, let's make a deal here. The, the, the battle's been strong and let's make a deal. Hey, why do you think we had World War One and World War Two and all of these little things going on ever since? It's because people do not conclude the issue. And it says here that it's not for kings to drink wine nor princes strong drink. It is not for us to take things into our body. Someone said, well, well, what's wrong with just one little beer? When does the alcohol affect your behavior? After the first drink, right? It changes your behavior. Uh, The best way I know how to put it is I need to be in total control of the little bit of sense I do have at all times. Amen? Uh, There's just no room for the king to take his hands off the wheel of the kingdom any more than it is for the driver to take his hands off the wheel and pick up his cell phone and start texting while he's driving down the BQE. Uh, I mean, there's, there's just no excuse here. And it's talked about distracted ruling. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can't make a, uh, a law about that because it's the king that's doing it. And it says that if you do not judge properly, the king of kings is going to deal with you. Look at verses 8 and 9. It says, Open thy mouth for the dumb, and the cause of all such as are appointed unto destruction. Open thy mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. The one thing that has made America different than almost every other nation in the world up until the last 20 years has been no matter who you are, No matter where you've come from, the laws of this land have applied equally to everyone. That's what made this country different. In in many countries in Europe, well, I mean, you go to England, just look at the royal family and all the mess that they've been involved in. You know what? If any normal people had been doing that stuff, they'd be in jail and all, but because they're part of the royal family, it just doesn't touch them. You know what? It used to be that it used to be exactly the same for everybody here. That's what made America great. And the reason why it's not great anymore? Uh You know, sometimes people like to joke about lawyers and all the things that they have done, but our politicians have made the laws of this country so that they're absolutely meaningless today. We we have very few laws, and O.J. Simpson has proved that if you want to, you can get away with murder. 
but you won't get away long. And uh, there are still laws, and praise God for what is here. Now, these verses about give strong drink unto him that is ready, perish, and wine unto those that be of heavy hearts. A lot of people have looked at this and they say, well, what's it talking about here? Well, let me ask you a question. Who is ready to perish if you believe in God of heaven? Are you ready to perish? Can you ever be ready to perish as a believer in the God of heaven? When he protects us from that very thing. Amen? Now, as a Christian, we can have a heavy heart. But let me ask you, do we despair? As a believer in God. Should any believer, Old Testament, New Testament, live in despair? But when you've given up on God and when you've refused his testimony, uh, I hate to put it this crudely, but if you're going to go to hell, you might as well go drunk. Uh, That's what this passage is basically saying. When you've given up on everything, it's a mess. There's nothing you can do for this person. But you know something? As long as there's been mankind, there have been people that have turned to drugs, alcohol, and escapism. Some type of of just getting, and they think they're going to get around the reality. I love the way the Bible works. The Bible does not give you an escape, necessarily, Uh, or just a diversion to take your attention off the problem, God solves problems. Therefore, these verses don't apply to anyone who believes in the Bible. Amen? And the the prophecy here is, hey, you're not going to stop people who have given up on God, who have given up on everything that is right and true, from destroying themselves, from seeking to numb themselves so they don't have to feel the pain, you're not going to stop them. I mean, they tried that here in the United States. For uh, several years, it was against the law to sell alcohol in the United States for consumption purposes. Did it work? No. Why not? Well, one of the reasons was people refused to enforce the law Another reason was, there are a whole lot of people who are ready to perish, and you're not going to stop them. The king is not supposed to stop people who have chosen to destroy themselves, but he is supposed to stand up for those whom he can stand up for. You know, that's part of the problem we have with government today. The government is out to solve everybody's problem, even those people who have problems that they don't want to be solved. And if the government would just stick to the things that it can do, stand up for injustice and and, uh, not social justice, but uh, for those that cannot defend themselves that are appointed to destruction... Uh, uh, to judge righteously, to please the cause of the poor and needy, not because they're poor. Everything was judged by the laws of God. This would establish the kingdom and the king. And that's what they were looking for. 
And now we're going to have to fasten our seatbelts and move through some verses here. Get back to Proverbs chapter 17, and, and uh, I've roughly entitled this section of verses, uh, The Workings of Men. This is just uh, verses that we haven't covered that we need to get a hold of here. Uh, verse 9 of Proverbs 17 says, He that covereth a transgression seeketh love, but he that repeateth a matter separateth very friends. You know what? You don't need to spend a lot of time with that verse. Um, you know, some people believe that they need to tell someone every wrong thing that they've ever thought. No, that's not what the Bible says. It's he that covereth a transgression seeketh love, but don't repeat it. The, the repetition of that thing over again is what will destroy even the closest of relationships. Skip down to verse 12. It says, Let a bear robbed of her whelps meet a man rather than a fool in his folly. Now, whelps are the cubs. You get a mama bear whose cubs have been taken from her. She can't find them. Uh, there is nothing nature knows with more fury than a female bear or lion who has been robbed uh, of, of their whelps, of their uh, children there, the baby bears, uh, little cubs. In fact, many, many a person has uh, met rather a sudden and unwelcomed end because they found a little bear cub fooling around and they figured they were going to play with it. Uh, the Bible says if you're going to meet that bear in her fur full fury, it says it's better that a man meets that bear than a fool in his folly. Uh, because there's just no hope for the fool in his folly. Uh, Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 11 the rich man's wealth is his strong city and as a high wall in his own conceit. And uh, you say, well, what, what does that uh, have there? Well, listen, um, we have rich people uh, all through this city and what do they do? We have Mac Mansions just try to knock on the door and give them a gospel track. See what happens. Uh, the, the simple truth is, hey, they have their wealth, they fortify themselves, and the wall is built of their own conceit. You're not getting through. Don't, don't waste the effort. Talk to people who you can talk to. Amen? Verse 14 says, The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity. But a wounded spirit, who can bear? You know, when you are down, when you are sick, when you are being attacked by the devil and the world and everything in between, if your spirit is strong with the Lord, He will carry you through. Amen? But if you allow yourself to be wounded in your spirit, guess what? It only takes a little of adversity to knock you over. Verse 16, 
A man's gift maketh room for him, and bringeth him before great men. Now, what this is primarily talking about is a man that is able to give things and make a gift. It, it makes room for him. It makes uh, provision for him to be brought before great men. And, and I think of the habit that our president has, uh, has uh, down through the generations that when a person accomplishes something uh, truly great, guess what they usually get? An invitation to the White House, don't they? Uh, uh, they've had brought in sports teams and baseball players. Uh, my favorite thought when I think of this is I think of those who have given uh, sometimes their all on the battlefield and they're invited to the White House. Many, many times it's their family to receive posthumously uh, the, the gift or a, uh, a place of honor for them. And uh, if you ever have the chance to read the stories of men who have been awarded the Medal of Honor in World War II, in Korea, in Vietnam, uh, I'll tell you what, it's, it's just an amazing uh, story. I read the uh, stories of the six men in the uh, Iraq and Afghan war that received the Medal of Honor. And uh, it, it's just... Amazing stories of people selflessly giving of themselves. And if you want to be great, give. Amen? Let's go to Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 6. And it says, Most every man, most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness. But a faithful man, who can find? Wow. Self-explanatory. Amen? Uh, you meet somebody who's talking about themselves, it means the exact opposite of the man that we just looked at. And uh, look at verse 14. Here's another one that happens in New York City every day. It is not, it is not, saith the buyer, but when he goeth his way, then he boasteth. You know, this is nothing. You expect me to give you a good price for this? I mean, look at this and look at that. And they pick everything apart. And then when they go away, ha, 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 I took them for a ride. Look what I got. I mean, everybody's wanting something for nothing. And so just put it in your mind when the guy's just saying it's nothing, it's not, it's not, it's not. Maybe it isn't. And... Uh, don't, don't allow yourself to be taken advantage of. Verse 25, same chapter, chapter 20. It is a snare to, a man, to the man who devoureth that which is holy, and after vows to make inquiry. Now, what that is talking about is, when something is holy, the word holy means separated for use. Uh, oftentimes, people would take uh, a field and they would say, uh, this field is holy, it's dedicated to the Lord. And then things would get tough and they would go in and they'd say, well, we just need to borrow a little bit of that to keep ourselves going. Hey, the Bible says that that's a snare. And once you've made a vow... 
to sit down and think about the vow that you have made. Uh, that's not the way it works. You sit down and you think about the promise that you're going to make, the vow that you're going to make first. Don't make inquiry afterwards. How many times have you met someone who promised you something they could not do? That's what this verse is talking about. And then Proverbs 21, verse 22 it says, A wise man scaleth the city of the mighty and casteth down the strength of the confidence thereof. You know what it says here? The city of the mighty. Normally what would happen is the armies would compass this city and they would lay siege and sometimes it would take years to starve the people of that city into submission. It says the wise man, he crawls over the wall and he casts down their confidence. You know, when the Romans were outside the um, fortress Masada in the desert there uh, in, in the land of Israel, this was after 70 A.D. The city had been destroyed. You know what the, um, uh, the Jewish people were doing? They, would, they, they sent their spies to sneak out of the, um, the castle and they'd climb down the side of the mountain and they went to where the Romans had kept their uh, sacrificial animals and they fed them full of worms. And the reason they did that was the Romans would take the animal and they cut it open and the state of the entrails of the animal gave them direction. And so they were saying, is this a good uh, omen or a bad one? They'd open it up and it'd be full of worms. And they said, ah, uh, God must not be for us going. You see, what they did was they were working in the minds of the enemy. And the simple truth here is the wise man is not going to destroy his entire army in a frontal attack when he can destroy the confidence of the enemy. And a lot of things we can deal with like that. Let's see here. Okay, let's go back to Proverbs chapter 16. And uh, this is just a little bit of God working. God giving us some commands here. And um, again, what we're trying to do is just pick up all the verses we haven't gotten to in these first 22 chapters. Pride, uh, verse 18, I'm sorry, of chapter 16. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. Uh, don't need to spend a lot of time on that one, I don't think. Uh, but look at verse 20. He that handleth a matter wisely shall find good. And whoso trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. How do you know if you're handling a matter wisely? Right here. And if you will handle it wisely, you'll find, it, you'll find that good. Look at verse 33. The lot is cast into the lap, but the whole disposing thereof is of the Lord. Now, this was something that people have done uh, since the beginning of time, I guess. Is You know, uh, there's lots of different ways people would... Um, put a colored stone and everybody would pick out one and one of the stones would be a different color. That's apparently what was going on with 
uh, Jonah in the, in the boat a little later than this. People said, we're just going to pick straws and there'll be one short straw uh, in there and whoever gets a short one loses or sometimes they do it the other way. Uh, there's lots of different things. Rock, hammer, paper, scissors. <laughs> I mean, people do all these things trying to figure something out. But, listen, the, you can do all this, but what's going on? God's really doing it. Let's, let's not play games. Amen? Let's follow the Lord. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 20. In verse 22, there we go, uh, which says, Say not, I will recompense evil, but wait on the Lord, and he shall save thee. Don't you go trying to evil even up the score. Amen? Look at Proverbs 27. I mean, the same verse, chapter, verse 27 the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. Has there ever been a situation where you just felt unrest in your spirit? You just couldn't be at peace with making a decision? The Bible says that the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. He is using you to search out things. And so... Take time and look for those things. It is God that is doing that. Look at Proverbs 21 and verse 31. It says, the horse is prepared against the day of battle. Now, that's not a wrong thing. To have the horse prepared, to be trained in the ways of the warrior, to make sure the armor... Uh, whoever heard of going to war with a dull sword... Uh, these are things that you ought to be doing, but if you're, if you're not trusting in the Lord, you're in trouble. It, we often apply this verse the same way with medical things. You know what? If I'm sick, I want to find the best doctor I can find. But you know what? My ultimate faith is not in that doctor. It's in the Lord. Amen. Okay, just a few more verses here. Uh, let's go back to Proverbs 16, and we're going to deal with treasures and riches. And they're not all just dollar signs, but verse 16 of Proverbs 16 says, How much better is it to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding rather to be chosen than silver? And uh, it, again, many of these verses are just very self-explanatory. And if you have a problem with this verse, you're not valuing things properly. Wisdom is more valuable than gold, understanding than silver. You, you need to understand the most precious things that this life has to offer cannot be purchased with money. Go with me to 17.6. Uh, it says, Children's children are the crown of old men. You want a treasure? You want something that's special? And the glory of children are their fathers. Now, isn't that interesting how it goes from the father to the grandchildren? But it goes from the child back to the father. And this is 
the Bible says it's a crown. Now, I'm, I'm just getting started on this grandchild thing. Uh, and uh, uh, little Peter is, is quite enjoyable. He still knows who Grandpa is. And I get more smiles than anybody, including Mama, uh, is what I was told the last time we were there. But uh, I in, enjoy that. And it says that's the crown. That's the treasure. But it says the glory of children are their fathers. You know what? There's an awful lot of disrespect. There's an awful lot of problems. And we often call Father's Day here in New York City Missing Persons Day because it is to a great degree. It's a very sad and tragic thing. And you wonder why we have such problems with our young people. It's because Dad's not there and not doing the job. And that's what children ought to do. Uh, we should get some amens out of chapter 17 and verse 22. Whoso findeth a wife, findeth a good thing. I'm listening. I didn't get them all. But, uh, and obtaineth favor of the Lord. You guys, remember, God's given you a wife. Listen. It says, that is a blessing from God. And so, make sure that you take care of that blessing. Amen? Proverbs 19.8 says, He that getteth wisdom loveth his own soul. He that keepeth understanding shall find good. Proverbs 20.15 says, There is gold in a multitude of rubies, but the lips of knowledge are a precious jewel. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 21 an inheritance may be gotten hastily at the beginning, but the end thereof shall not be blessed. You know what? There's not very many ways that you can get an inheritance quickly. Uh, murder is one of them. Uh, thievery and all of these other things. God's not going to bless that. An inheritance is something that you wait for. It's something that comes to you in its proper time. Don't be in a hurry. The glory of young men is their strength, verse 29. And the beauty of old men is the gray head. Somebody said, you're getting gray. Yeah, I'm getting beautiful. Amen. Uh, that's what it says. Enjoy it. Uh, the, the, there is nothing more wonderful than meeting a man who's been through the years and is still serving the Lord. Amen? Those are treasures that need to be laid up. And if you're young and Pillsbury Doughboy material, uh, you know what? It's time to get out there and get some strength because you're only going to have it when you're young. You get a little older, it's just not what it used to be. And uh, stop laughing, Stephen, or I'll get you tomorrow, all right? <laughs> Proverbs 21.6, The getting of treasures by a lying tongue is a vanity tossed to and fro of them that seek death. How many stories have people made up? How many stories have people lived of dying to seek treasure of deceit? And Proverbs 22, verse 1, You want a great treasure? A good name. 
is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor than silver and gold. Amen. Now we got about uh, one, two, three, four, five verses in Proverbs chapter 20 and uh, uh, that we just need to touch on very quickly here and we will have finished up all the book of Proverbs through chapter 22. Verse 1 of chapter 20, wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. That's why we say not one drop, just stay away. Someone says, well, Jesus drank wine, we're, we're not going to go there here. Uh, if you really believe that, see me afterwards and we'll try to help you through that. But uh, that's just uh, wine uh, that Jesus drank was not alcoholic. But alcoholic wine mocks. Uh, you're not going to win the battle. Uh, who was it? It was um, one of the uh, people that was out there in charge of some uh, uh, responsible drinkers group rested for DWI. And the, it was a woman, actually, and as they were dragging her off to jail, she says, you know, we can't, you can't drink responsibly. Abstinence is the only way. And we're going, uh, yeah, Solomon said that a little while back. Uh, you're just not going to win the battle. Verse 4 of chapter 20, The sluggard will not plow by the reason of the cold, therefore shall he beg and harvest and have nothing. You know what? There's a time to get to work. Don't. Use excuses. Verse 11. Even a child is known by his doings, whether his work be pure and whether it be right. And you know, there's one application that you've got to get a hold of. Make sure your child's work is right. You know, when they're little, it's easy not easy. It takes a lot of work, but it is easier to correct a lying heart. When they're a teenager, there's nothing you can do about it. You gotta get it when they're little. Some people think it's cute when a two-year-old throws a temper tantrum. I don't. I think it's an abomination. Because I'd much rather make a big deal of that when they're two than have to have our police officers make a big deal of it when they're 22. And yet, we still have, we have people who are locked up in psychiatric wards, wards and have to take all kinds of medications simply because they're acting like a two-year-old and they don't know how to stop it. Parents, even a child, it's important if they got a smart mouth it's time to make it dumb. Amen? Uh, I told my children, you got a smart mouth? We'll just make some other parts of your body smart. Amen? And, uh, but it starts when they're children. Let's get it straightened out while they're children. That's what this verse is telling us. Verse 20. Whoso curseth his father or his mother, his lamp shall be put out in obscure darkness. Listen, you got a problem with your parents. You're cursing them and hating them and all of this. 
The Bible says you're on the road to destruction. You better get this right. You say, my parents aren't saved. Whoa, wait a minute. That's not what it says. It says, whoso curseth his father or his mother. There's no reason for that. Now, the last verse is an interesting one. Verse 30, and we'll be done. The blueness of a wound cleanseth away evil. So do stripes the inward parts of the belly. Uh, how many of you have ever cut yourself, say like on a finger or something like that, and all of a sudden it gets bright red and starts getting puffy? You know what you have? An infection. On the other hand, if you can see the blueness, it's not red, you've got blood flowing through that area, and that blood is taking away the infection and the evil, uh, of that, it says, as that the blueness of a wound, not the redness in, in it verse, cleanseth away evil. It says, so do stripes the inward parts of the belly. You know what? We, we say, I love you with all my heart. Uh, the Bible says his bowels yearned upon him. That, I mean, that's your... I mean... Uh, and we, we use all of these references to internal organs. You don't have enough guts and all of this stuff. And, and simply, if you're going to straighten something out in your inward parts, it's going to take some very serious discipline. That's what stripes are. Uh, that's why you deal with them when they're little children. Just as you would watch a wound, that it would not get red and it would not swell up, that it's healing properly and it's staying clean. So, there are times when you must use punishment to keep people from doing things wrong. And uh, that's what this verse is, and that gets us all the way through Proverbs chapter... Uh, 23, and we have just a few more uh, verses, and we will be all the way through Proverbs 31. And so, I hope that it has not gotten too tedious, but we're, we're out of topics now. We're just picking up these verses and trying to uh, finish this. So, let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll get into our prayer time tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, and Lord, just so many different verses and so many instructions. We pray that the Holy Spirit would just lock them into our hearts and minds, so as we read through this book, that you would remind us of the things that we ought to do. In Jesus' name we pray, and we'll just take a moment, and if you need to finish that prayer, you may, and then we'll get into our prayer time.